Greater Than Zero Percent is a 501c3 nonprofit that's on a mission to share stories of organizations from around the world that are changing lives. We have weekly episodes featuring amazing nonprofits and monthly episodes interviewing top business executives. You can find us at gtzp.org on your preferred streaming or social media platforms. Alrighty, so thanks everybody for tuning into this episode. Today we have Anna Sampson, who is the director at We Are Neutral. Anna, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Excited to chat. Yes. So we like to start by hearing what the mission is of the organizations we interview. So what is the mission of We Are Neutral? So we help businesses, colleges, individuals, events um, understand their comprehensive carbon footprints um, to help them reduce it, measure it, um, and achieve carbon neutrality. All right. All right. So before we get into the how behind that, what is your why? What is the reason for why this is an area that you want to focus a lot of your time and efforts on? So when I was younger, my parents would have to like remove trees that were not doing well around the house. And I would protest that from happening. Um, and my parents are not necessarily environmentalists. So I was just born um, with this powerful desire to protect, you know, green space and um, got my master's in sustainable architecture and then just didn't feel like that was moving the needle enough. And so here I am doing what I think is one of the most efficient um, things that we can do to, to really restore balance to our planet is to help businesses take responsibility for their footprints. And so that's what I do every day. Saving them trees, still. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, and and a lot more than that. So I'm I'm yes. excited to get into it. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the history of We Are Neutral. So when when did you start uh, working for the organization, and what has kind of the the, the early history been? Yeah, so uh, we actually got started with this mission in 2007. Um, I came on in 2012. Uh, and we got our start by doing energy upgrades for low-income families here in Gainesville, Florida, um, to offset the carbon footprint of the Gator Athletic Association. So they're the first carbon neutral team in the country. In 2007, people were not talking about climate change, carbon neutrality, net zero, none of the above. So really, really ahead of our time. And uh, yeah, fast forward, we've been around 15 years, longer than just about any other organization in the space. Um, and it's been, it's been an uphill <laughs> battle going door to door, trying to convince people, you know, why this matters, what it is that we do, what is a footprint, you know, what is carbon neutrality? Um, but now I'm really, really grateful. I feel like, um, Gen Z, a lot of people, but I give a lot of credit to Gen Z has putting a lot of pressure on these brands. Um, so you can't turn the corner without seeing a brand that has some sort of sustainability pledge or net zero by X, Y date. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're really hitting our stride and we're really, you know, able to accomplish what we wanted to 15 years ago um, at the pace in which we want to. So super exciting. All right. So let's get some 101 here. So first of all, what is carbon when, in, in the context of carbon footprint? <laughs> so carbon is not the enemy, which I am, you know, I think a lot of industries adopt language that isn't exactly accurate. So carbon is a, 
you know, an element on the periodic table of elements. <laughs> getting down to basics, yeah. <laughs> it is the root of life. And so um, it's really carbon dioxide is what people are talking about when they say carbon footprint, carbon emissions. It's not necessarily carbon. Um, it's the gas associated with, with what we do. Think about driving in your car or flying in a plane or having, you know, burning coal to have our lights on. Those are all releasing carbon dioxide and a lot of other greenhouse gases. So it's not just carbon dioxide. Um, but in the industry, people tend to uh, lump them all together and call them carbon emissions, even though that's probably not, that's probably a little misleading. Okay. All right. Um, so some, also I want to continue on the uh, education component of this. I, so we, we recently bought an electric vehicle and um, not because we're like crazy, crazy wanting to reduce our carbon footprint. Um, that was definitely a part of it, but I just don't. And, and that was like a big motivator of it. So uh, when I kind of have t spoken about electric vehicles, a lot of people who um, are sticking to the uh, gas-powered diesel engines, gas engines, say that, well, yeah, your car is electric, but you know how much carbon went into the production of that vehicle is kind of like an initial response. So what what is um, kind of from your experience, a typical response from an organization like yours to that? Yeah, I mean, there's... The Nothing about where we're at in this world and climate change and the solutions, uh, nothing about it is black and white. There is 13,000 layers to questions like that. Yes, <laughs> lithium mining, you know, yes, the carbon footprint of making the car. There's also a huge right now, um, you know, affordability gap, you know, right. I was, you know, hearing that it's about $50,000 on average, you know, and it just isn't quite accessible to the masses. Um, and also, you have to think about the infrastructure of electricity that you're plugging into. So it might be an electric car that's, you know, being plugged into a, a, a coal, a, a coal plant. Yeah, um, yeah. But the flip side, again, you can be play devil's advocate all day with these topics. Um, it's incredible. It's four times more efficient. Right. And we are really, really working to um, not rely so heavily on fossil fuels. And so um, it's an, it's an incredible, incredible step. Um, but I just think with all of our changes, we have to look at the big picture and make sure all variables are being accounted for. Okay. All right. So after some of the initial, you said 2007, you guys have been around for a, a good amount of time. Um, what were some of the initial programming that you provided? Did you start working with small businesses and, and individuals and medium and large time businesses initially or... Uh, was there, what were some of the main activities you did early on? Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is it's every single person, organization, product, everything has a carbon footprint. So our list of potential partners is uh, infinite. Um, so yeah, in the beginning, I think it was, uh, we were, and still to this day, very happy to work with with any person who is is looking to take responsibility for that footprint, understand, you know, reduce their emissions, so we have always had just a total mix of universities, music festivals, sports teams, businesses, individuals, conferences, um, you name it, products. 
Sure. Um, so yeah, anything and everything. <laughs> <laughs> you said it's been an uphill battle too since 07. Uh, why? <laughs> I was saying this to somebody earlier. I'm just very jealous of somebody who owns a business and just sells shirts, right? Everybody knows what a shirt is. You either want the shirt or you don't want the shirt. Uh, with our pitch, I'm having to explain, and this is back in 07, up until just a few years ago, had to explain why, not in addition to like what it is we're trying to pitch, it's why is this important? Why should you care? What is the science? How do we do our math? What's a carbon footprint? What's a carbon offset? You know, what are these reduction? And it just, that's not a, that's not in the, in the sales world. That's probably not like the greatest elevator pitch, right? <laughs> to have to really take eight minutes to explain. Um, and so it's been difficult and the, and the motivation to, to want to take responsibility for our collective carbon footprints has not has not been the matching the sense of urgency I've felt since I was five, yeah. um, and so it's definitely been a challenge. But I'm incredibly grateful that um, and people always say you know must be hard calculating climate change every day and I'm a pretty optimistic and happy person because I am seeing it happen. I've been waiting a long time and I'm seeing the pressure having effects. Um, the pressure that we have as consumers and voters, um, we have we have made people start to make the right decisions, whether or not they want to or not. They want to stay either in power or in business. And so they're going to have to please us. And yeah. uh, humanity and our society has started to be a lot louder about what it is that we're going to need to see them doing. And they're doing it. So, um yeah, so that has has been a very recent shift, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and, and I think some some of the I guess posts that I have seen are that it's such a longer term view, caring about the environment. Uh, but I I don't know if there's data behind that. <laughs> so so what is your typical response to that? Uh, responsive, like yeah, it's you know future generations, not my problem. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually writing a talk right now that I, I think that we all need to be shocked into awareness. So I think that we think that this is something that's gonna happen. And I, I'll admit that I even do that, I think just to keep my sanity that, you know, the worst of it is in the future and for other populations, you know? And um, that's, I think the way the majority of people think about it. Um, and so I'm, I'm writing a talk to just give validity to things that are happening to you in your body is happening to you right now. Um, you know, we have carbon monoxide detectors in our homes because if you inhale these, these bad gases, you could die in your sleep. Well, that's exactly what we're filling our world up with. Um, and the science is showing how it's affecting our health. And so, um, you know, the, the heat is, is making vaccinations and medicines not work anymore because they have to be in a certain environment. I mean, the list goes on. So I think, I think it's twofold. One, I think we need to be woken up to know that this is happening to us now. This is not a then thing. Um, and the second thing is that I think is an, a huge issue is that I would say the vast majority of people like want to fix this. They don't yeah. want, you know, hurricanes and wildfires and droughts and all of that. 
but they have no clue where to start. Like I'm just a little yeah. person. I work at a bank. I go home. I make my dinner. And you know how the average person I feel feels like I would if someone would just tell me. And so that's another thing that I, I try to do a lot of is explaining um, that one, it's going to have to be systemic change from the top down. We're going to have to have laws and legislation and policies and all of that. But at the same time, the people who are like using metal straws and bringing their bags to the store, you know, they need, they need a list of things to do. That's going to move the needle more than ditching a straw. Right. And like, yes, ditch the straw, but we need to be voting with our dollars every single time you vote with your dollars in terms of what you're going to buy, you are, you're casting a vote. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of times your 401k dollars are being invested in fossil fuels and you don't even know it. So there's some really easy things to make you feel really empowered that, Hey, this girl who knows her stuff is telling me here, big ticket things I can do, you know, it's like, be aware of the brands you support with your money and beware of where your money is sitting. Those are two really, really powerful things that people can be doing yeah. um, to, to create change. Yeah, I, I think the first time I heard that comment about 401k positioning was, I think it was in Bill Gates' recent book, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster. Oh. Uh, and and I, I picked that up too, and, and that was one of the things that stuck out with me. Um, but but yeah, it, it's it's definitely a topic that is uh, it is in the limelight now at this point. So it, taking it back to, to we are neutral because I want to focus on the amazing work that y'all are doing. If we were to kind of categorize individuals that you work with, and then maybe like small and medium businesses, and then larger enterprises, let's let's go between those three groups and maybe talk about what are some easy wins and easy things for each of those categories to do and that have done uh, and then maybe some of the more complex if people are, are really uh, looking for a challenge or a business is really looking for a challenge for sure yeah i think i think you know a handful of things i can say for the individuals as i said vote with your dollar vote with your vote yeah. um there's incredible groups like the climate reality project and earth justice earth justice is a is a group and they will text me when there's a really like hot petition going on and I can sign it with one click, you know, and so being able to like really push policies. Um, I think that's that's really, really important um, and add some environmental groups to your newsfeed. If you're scrolling Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram and threads and whatever else there is out there now, um, you know, follow Greenpeace, follow us like and then when you're scrolling, you're going to have a lot more of an awareness of what's going on because that's, right. you know, that'll really help bring it home for you. And they, our organizations are really good at being like, Hey, it's really bad, but here's what you can do. So it's not all like Doom dooming. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really bad, but here, here's three things you can do to, to, to help. Um, and for, for the businesses, the first thing I would have to say for anyone and everyone, even individuals, but really businesses, is calculating your carbon footprint. So like you cannot improve something that you haven't measured. Right. You have got to know what your footprint is to even start the conversation of what to do. And so that's where we start with all of our partners. We calculate an incredibly comprehensive carbon footprint, including every single part of their operations and supply chain um, life cycle 
everything um, to get a really, really, really accurate snapshot of where they're at. Um, and that identifies all the areas of opportunity. So we basically can send you a carbon footprint with a pie chart of everything that's contributing to your footprint. And I would say 99% of the time, the biggest contributor is not at all what they were thinking. Wow. They're worried, really worried about X, Y, and Z. And then 80% of their footprint was that one flight they took. <laughs> so cutting one flight could cut 80% of their footprint sometimes. Um, wow. And so really it's a case by case. There's not been a single partner or client or business that we have worked with that looks anything the same as one another. Um, and so that's absolutely the first step. And like, you know, shameless plug, we do free consultations because yeah, yeah. Um, the way we work is that we do, once we have your carbon footprint, we help you reduce it as much as you possibly can. And then we bridge the small footprint that you're going to have. Like there's no way to not have a carbon footprint. Like I'm exhaling a greenhouse gas. And even when I die, my body will emit emissions. So <laughs> you have to, you have to kind of do some, some good environmental work to compensate for that last piece of your footprint. Um, and that's when we, we use something called carbon offsets. And so we help them um, offset the last part of their footprint so that that's how people achieve carbon neutrality. There's really no way to do it without um, the use of kind of compensating. What is the difference between carbon offset and carbon credits? Or are they same thing? Same thing. Same thing. Okay. Yep. Okay. So this is where it gets very complicated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll do like a high level explanation. So I can go out and plant 10 trees. Okay. Mm -hmm. Those 10 trees are sequestering greenhouse gas emissions. They are, I drive, I plant those trees, however much emissions I created when I drove, I can plant the same exact amount of trees to sequester that to neutralize my drive to the store. Right. Those trees are offsetting because they are actively, you know, absorbing greenhouse gas emissions. The difference is to become a credit, an actual like offset credit mm -hmm. that is what is used to help bridge businesses gaps from a small carbon footprint to carbon neutrality. It takes about two years and $200,000 to have a third party come verify that tree that I planted ensure that tree is never going to be cut down, monitor that tree every year, mm. uh, measure the trunk so we can actually calculate how much is being sequestered. So there's two separate things. There's two separate worlds. The world in which trees are getting planted and we're doing energy upgrades for low-income families, and those are absolutely reducing emissions, but we're not putting those, we're not going through the rigor to make those a credit it, that's actually in the marketplace. So the offset credit is a it's a commodity that can be bought, sold, and traded, um, and there's a market. So there's just there's two two separate things. Yeah, yeah. So um, in instead of a business deciding to, to to plant trees themselves on their property or put up a turbine or um, do any other activities like solar, for example, to help offset the energy, uh, th that's also I've seen a lot of companies doing that in addition to, to doing carbon credits or purchasing carbon credits as well. How, yep. how do you see uh, enterprises making the decisions of how to combine both of those methods and, and how yeah. has kind of that been over the past couple of decades? 
Yeah. And so what you're you're talking about is kind of a combination between a term called insetting and then just like reducing one's own carbon footprint. So like if you install solar, you know, you're going to really chip away at, at your carbon footprint. Right. Um, so it has to be both. And I, I've always preached too, because there's a whole other segment we could do about the quality and validity of those credits that have made it. Um, there's a there's a lot going on there. Um, but something I've kind of preached is that uh, you might not need to use the credits, you know, so that we can quantify the amount of trees you planted and we can quantify the amount of sequestering those trees are responsible for and hold it up against your footprint and tell that story. Right. See, our footprint is X tons. We planted enough trees to absorb X tons and tell that yeah. story. Um, so you can circumvent the credits more so for smaller businesses right, um, right. in cities and stuff. And so the, the story is, the math is there. We can be the third party person that's doing that math and saying, yep, this is their footprint and this is the good actions they've done. But you just can't technically legally be carbon neutral that way because this doesn't have the, the oversight and the regulation that becoming a credit does. Okay. All right. So next question is, what is government doing? So U.S. federal level and then globally, regulations, laws that are currently in place or currently being proposed or discussed. Like what is what is happening now uh, at the governmental level and at our kind of our global humanity level of of trying to to get towards a carbon neutral world? I'm going to try to be nice here. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, um, and how has it changed over time? Is it getting sure. better, worse? Do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? What has to happen to get there? Yeah, it's a lot well, of I'm, questions. <laughs> I, I'm probably pretty obviously a little more cynical than the average person. Okay, <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm fighting so hard for things to change, and so of course I'm going to be more frustrated than the average person, right? Right. Um, right. What I'm, what I'm seeing most. The thing that I'm, I feel like is, is happening, question mark, um, that I'm reading the most about is that basically like the United Nations has gotten countries together so that big emitters have to basically compensate to smaller emitters. So it's a global carbon footprint, like by country carbon footprint calculation where since we are on one planet, the U.S. is going to have to make up for its large amount of emissions because a right. lot of times the um smaller countries that don't contribute as much are getting affected the most from yep. drought sea level rise and whatnot and so it's this global like fairness type of thing and a, not an expert in and i think it's just evolving um i think we're on the right track again I'm going to be a little cynical. I don't know if this is allowed, but I can't help it. Um, but right now, I just feel like there's a lot of government and big oil buddies. And so I think that there's a lot of reason why we're not further. I think we absolutely have the resources and the knowledge to fix this. And I think they're stalling. Mm -hmm. because they would like for business to continue as usual as long as they can. Yeah. Um, but I also, and again, this is, maybe this is a little sassy, but it's just how I feel. So I, I just have to say how I feel. But I also, this is like what gives me hope is that 
you know, the planet is going to be fine. It's like us, we're having to save humanity or, you know, the, our medicines and, and climate change migration and water wars and all that does not sound very fun. And I don't think that the old white men mostly in power mm. want their grandkids to go through that. So I do think that they are going to fix it. And I think they can whenever they want. I think they're just trying to see what they can get away with. That's just my cynical yeah, yeah. hypothesis. Yeah. <laughs> if what would have to happen for the entire oil industry to snap a finger and become carbon neutral? Is it possible or, or what would have to happen just, to that? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're changing to renewables. Like that's just what's going to have to happen. And they are. So like there's starting to be big investors that aren't investing in people that don't have climate risk strategies in place. Like that's a huge, huge thing. Like money, money is a powerful tool for yeah. progress. And um, it's, I'm, I'm seeing it happen. I'm seeing it happen. Cause I, I think everybody knows we're, it's not if it's when for all of this stuff. Right. Um, and I do, again, I could be wrong, but my guess is that all these giant, giant corporations that are like, we're going to be carbon neutral by 2050. I think they could be carbon neutral in about three years. So I think they just went from now until 2047. Right. To just kind of have a press release about having an all electric fleet, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I just, I think governments and big corporations, I feel like, they're absolutely not moving fast enough. And I think there's a reason why. I think yeah. they could do that, right? They could do it. So and, and the and the how behind the three years being possible for a lot of these organizations is via the carbon credit process mostly, or a we're hoping that. a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So another another high horse I get on is that in my space, there's like no regulation at all, which is yeah. another thing I'm fighting for. So there's nothing saying you have to include all of this stuff in your carbon footprint. There's no, no, nothing that says that. Mm. So somebody might just include their one flight in a carbon yeah. footprint. Yeah. So that's shady. And then there's, this is the piece that I you know, wanna address in what you just said. There's no requirement to reduce your footprint before offsetting. So even though my organization does work with offsets, so Amazon could cut a check and be carbon neutral right now, right now. And, but I don't think that there's a lot of gut checking that I do with my work. And that to right. me, that's not moving the needle, right? And so, um, so, and also there's not enough credits to get all these corporations, even yeah. from a even if they all cut it, nine the, all corporations cut the goal is to cut down 90 percent and offset 10 percent um but there's not enough offset credits to cover everybody's 10 percent yeah yeah so oh. it's gonna have to be reduction strategies um i also obviously i'm a fan of renewables i'm a fan of solar but i keep thinking that we're like the bathtub is overflowing and we're focused on adding more drains and we're not focused on turning off the tap yeah. And so I heard someone say solar is letting you pollute more efficiently <laughs> and it's letting you continue your life. Like you're still turning the lights on the same amount 
and I'm not anti-solar. I'm absolutely yeah, pro-solar, yeah. but you get my point. Like it, we need to be doing both and. Um, right. And so that's the issue too, is that we can't just offset and solar our way out of this. We need to also reduce, be smarter, right? So I told this one story that there is a fish oil company and the big or the a supplement company and the biggest carbon footprint was their fish oil pills. And so they looked at the carbon footprint of the fish oil pills and they realized the omega-3 is not coming from the fish, it's coming from the algae that the fish are eating. So they skipped the whole fish process and just went to the algae and was able to cut their footprint by like, don't quote me to this, but like 90% or something crazy. Yeah. So I think we need to be having more conversations about how to strategically slow down the water coming out of the faucet while also figuring out drains, which is like solar, renewable credits, you know. Right. But nobody's talking about how we need to slow down. We need to just like, again, I'm really bad at numbers and I exaggerate a little bit, but there's something like 300,000 movies produced every year. Like, could we, could we just produce 100,000 movies a year? Like, I'm not trying to like yeah, make everybody yeah. miserable, but we've, we've gone a little crazy with like the free market, you know? And I really think somebody needs to I keep saying like, who's in charge here? Like I have a four-year-old and it's like, who's making sure that the doors are locked and the lights are off before we go to bed, you know? And a lot of times I don't have faith. I haven't really seen anyone in that position. So that's why we are neutral is, is acting like that. If, if nobody's doing it, why not us, you yeah. know? Wow. So that's the career path I've chosen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are um, what are some of the future plans for We Are Neutral? And then let's get into the engagement piece. Yeah. So right now, super exciting. We just hired four people. We've had two employees from 2007 to 2021, two. Wow. And now we have eight. And that is just huge. It's like my dream come true. So we're yeah. growing. Um, and so we we want to work. We want to be the people that work with all businesses, you know, that are interested in this because I'm only one person, but I don't know how anybody else does their math. I only know how I do my math and I only know what my heart feels like. And so I want people to use us because I know I can feel good about their work that I'm working you know, towards an environmental cause because I'm the one that's working with them and I can see <laughs> the numbers. Um, so we wanna grow, grow, grow. Um, and I definitely wanna have a seat at the table where and push for these regulations that don't exist. So right now we're combining every single standard that exists it's probably like 50 standards of like what needs to be included in a footprint, like what theoretically could need to be included in a footprint, what theoretically could be the reduction requirement before you're like legally allowed to offset. So we're combining all of those standards to create what I hope to be the standard. Yeah. Um, and it's, I'm not, you know, all these different people are creating standards and it's great, but I think, like I said, I, I was in architecture before this and you have a building code, you know how big a step has to be because it's law. And then the building inspector comes and looks at the step and you get your permit. And so we just need the equivalent of a US building code for this space. Yeah. Um, and I wanna write it, I wanna help write it, I wanna help who's currently writing it. Um, it just needs to happen. So that's kind of more like of a high level, like 
vision for us is is really getting the standards to be what they need to be in the space and being a little bit of a watchdog you know like i i would like the next chapter of my career to be walking around to people who are making environmental claims like net zero or whatever and i want to say prove it and i want to look at their finances and i want to look at their environmental consultants work and i want to be able to say yeah they're legit they really are carbon neutral or like or probably in every single case right now this is why this is not true <laughs> yeah yeah um, so that's that's what i would like to be next i'm not sure i would have very many friends but at least <laughs> <laughs> save the world <laughs> I'll so, do it in a nice way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the key. That's the key. Just smile. <laughs> yeah. Show uh, them how it's going to save them money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so people that are listening that want to get engaged, uh, what type of engagement do you look for and, and how can they get engaged? Yeah, so a big piece of what we do is kind of what I talked about in the beginning of just wanting people to know steps they can take, petitions they can sign, you yeah. know, causes to support. And so a lot of that is following us on social media, um, just at we are neutral um, and go to our website, weareneutral.com and um, sign up for our newsletters and bebop around our website. We have a lot of information on there. Um, and just, yeah, I think, I think this just needs to be in the forefront of people's minds more often. And obviously I think we do a pretty good job of, of sharing what we think needs to be heard um and so you know being an audience member to our voice i think is really powerful and we also really lift up other groups that we, we really think are doing a good job as well so we're the whole goal is to just move the needle right yeah um, so any any way we can do that we will all right well great so people that are listening at the very least get a little bit engaged and and do a little education and learn a bit uh, because I think this is a topic that is not going anywhere and it's going to be very important uh, yep. for the world. So, yep. Anna, mm -hmm. thank you so much for your time today. We'll be sure to share all the links that you mentioned and and hope people will be reaching out and, and diving a little bit deeper into this topic and learning more about We Are Neutral in the, in the world. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Greater Than Zero Percent. To find more episodes or to have your organization featured on the podcast, you can find us at gtzp.org on your preferred streaming or social media platforms. Find your cause with greater than 0%.